With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Raiders is a team that we don't care for. Something, something, Bravo. With Lori Lattimore of Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Incomplete. You're listening to... Something Something Broncos. I am Jess Place, joined by uh, Lori Lattimore Volkman and Tim Lynch. This week, uh, we are looking forward to the 2020 season, if it happens, uh, by looking back at some of the uh, greatest moments in Denver Broncos history. Uh, we've already done the Super Bowl season of 2015. This week, we are going to look at the Orange Crush defense. It's not really a year that we can pinpoint however it did kind of culminate in the 1977 super bowl 12 season but it kind of started a lot earlier than that it started in 1969 tim you want to take it from here and bring us up to speed on on how the orange crush defense for the denver broncos came about that was a tumultuous rise because uh, the broncos started a very bad organization. I think they averaged about a 30% win rate in the 60s. Which is that's good enough great. for baseball. That's, <laughs> that's But, you know, we, we had a couple of good coaches, though, that, that came through and helped get that rise going, and the first of which was Lou Saban. He's known for that half-a-loaf game, but what he really did for the 77 Broncos... Half-a-loaf game, that's, that's the half-a-win is better than no-win. Tie, yeah. Tie, so he was... And then they started throwing bread at him at games because... <laughs> 
Broncos fans suddenly demanded more than 500 football. So 1969, first cornerstone of the Orange Crush defense was laid. Billy Thompson. Billy Thompson in third round. And he was followed up in 1971 by Lyle Alzado. Lou Saban, despite that half a loaf tie game that he's infamous for in Broncos history, he did get two cornerstone players on that 77 defense, and it's worth noting. Also worth noting, I for at least about 12 years, I thought that Lou Saban and Nick Saban of Alabama were related. They are not. They are not related. They just have the same name. I had dead. sworn up and down. I had I had been uh, slightly intoxicated at bars and pointing my finger into people's chest, be like, they're cousins! And they're not cousins. And they're not related sorry that's disappointing <laughs> thanks jess so, go to john ralston who took over in 1972 and he is the guy that really built the orange crush defense john ralston was the power of positive thinking he was the carnegie mellon guy which i you know the only thing i've, I've ever heard about carnegie mellon is that john ralston was uh, the power of positive thinking. And so it's only through John Ralston and learning about him that I know what the Carnegie Mellon, um, Carnegie <laughs> Mellon school of uh, philosophy is. Not to be confused with Rodney Dangerfield from uh, Back to School, which is not Carnegie Mellon. Thornton <laughs> Mellon. So don't confuse Thornton Mellon with Carnegie Mellon because uh, John Ralston uh, never saw the movie Back to School from 1986 with Rodney Dangerfield. The cool thing about uh, John Ralston was that he was just kind of like this unconventional cat. Like he would sneak onto the field, not 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 covertly or anything like that, very brazenly, and join the huddle. And it would flip people out. There are NFL films with uh, John Madden and uh, John Ralston in the in the huddle with this Chicago Bears coach who who ironically enough could not keep his pants up very round fellow and he would just lose his mind he's like you can't be in there but at the time there was no rule that uh the coach could not be in the huddle it's just like well of course the coach wouldn't be in the huddle it was just kind of it was like one of those unwritten rules and so the referees like didn't know what to do and so now obviously you can't do it but so John Ralston uh was kind of this unconventional dude who uh, who kind of motivated and pushed each piece into being successful as they acquired pieces, uh, this is where I'm going to hand it over very tactfully to Tim so he can continue to talking about the assemblage of the Orange Crush defense. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> Frankly, I've said enough. I mean, I brought up Thornton Mellon from back to school. I mean, let us not forget the triple Lindy. So, John Ralston. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Tim. John Ralston was head coach from 72 to 76. Uh, he was the first coach in Broncos history to lead Denver to a winning record. And in fact, he finished his career in Denver with a winning record, which was the first uh, head coach to do so. During that time, from 73 to 75, he basically drafted the entire 77 Broncos defense. Uh, in 73, it was Barney Chavis and Tom Jackson. Uh, 74 was Randy Gratishar and then Joe Rizzo. But then in 75, it was uh, Lewis Wright, Reuben Carter, Steve Foley, uh, and then there was Bob Swenson. Eight players of 11 starters, uh, all credited John Ralston. I was only there for one year of the 70s, and so I didn't experience that Super Bowl, the 1977 Super Bowl. Tim, you you are just a, a little older than me. Lori, you get the distinction of actually having watched that Super Bowl. What was your experience with the 1977 Super Bowl 12? Because I was seven years old, and I was just getting into watching football. I was in second grade. 
everything we did in school was related to the Broncos. Like every quiz, every trivia game, every PE class, you know, you had to pick a player that you had to be for the day. Like at, literally the Broncos were everything. And it was pretty cool. I really don't remember it other than being depressed that our defense, which I knew was really good. Uh, my dad loved football, but my dad was a Cowboys fan. So he was sort of conflicted during the game, which, you know, it was a little awkward, I suppose, but I was too young to honestly notice that being awkward. I just was like, hey, my dad's team is winning. <laughs> my team is losing, and they should be better than this because the defense is what was so good. Like, that's all we talked about in school was Tom Jackson and Lyle Alzado and Randy Gratishar. And so I remember mostly being amazed that we got just killed by the Cowboys after having killed the the Raiders of all teams that you know two weeks before oh, and, and Terry Bradshaw Steelers like we right the most. right a lowly team like the Denver Broncos struck at the dynastic Raiders and Steelers the the steel curtain of the 70s how wonderful is that like there's the Steelers they had two years and then there's a year where they weren't in the Super Bowl, and then they had two years after where they were in the Super Bowl, and it's like, why, why weren't they in the Super Bowl? Because the Broncos were right in the middle. We're like right there. We just we kicked them right in the butt, and it was great. <laughs> the Raiders game is that famous one where Tom Jackson, you know, goes over the sideline and yells at John Madden, the coach at, at the Raiders. It's, it's all it's over all over Fat Man. Man. <laughs> yeah, I remember sort of these these big moments and themes about it. I don't really remember the game. I'm amazed how bad our offense was. And I know Craig Morton was limping to the game. We've just basically knocked off two juggernauts of the NFL and then to put in that piss poor performance. But was it, I mean, okay, so the Broncos turned it over eight times, right? Like they turned it over eight times and for every turnover, they only generated about three points of, uh, of offense. And so the defense was very stout. However, the offense was... Um, Anemic. No, I hate to bring this up, but you look at uh, at the offense, and you look in the history books and and the various like Denver Broncos history encyclopedias, and it's like you have all these huge defensive players. You have the you know the Orange Crush defense. You you have the linebackers. You you Gratishar and Alzado, and and then you look at like the offensive side of it, and it's like you can see that they're like really trying to balance it. John Keyworth. running back and he's got a song that he wrote and if you pull up the song like it's a (laughs) (laughs) the whole city of denver was like this is it this is as good as it gets for us no it was the 70s it was before people you know like music, I guess. I don't know. I, it was, <laughs> for me, as a kid, I would be out in the garage, like digging around. I remember coming across 45s. Like, I, I think those are the little records, three of them. They, my parents had three of them. And I was like, Dad, what is this? And he's like, oh, you know, we can't throw them away, but we certainly don't want to listen to them. <laughs> so they're out in the garage. And for all I know, they're, they're still out in my parents' garage. There's that. Even Woody Page's book, Orange Madness, and, and he goes on to talk about Rob Lytle, the starting running back from, from Michigan. And 
and how he won the Weissman Trophy when he was in college. And it's like, what we what is the Weissman Trophy? He did finish third in the voting for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, <laughs> however, he did win the Weissman, which is a, a trophy that was given out by a prime rib restaurant chain. And one of the perks of, <laughs> of winning the Weissman is you got a card that you could take to any of their chains and, and get a free steak whenever you wanted it. Woody Page mentions in that book that O.J. Simpson told Lynn Swan that, that he'd trade the Heisman for the Weissman any day because he gets free food. Weissman Trophy, uh, Rob Lytle. These are the stories that people tell about the offense because the offense just wasn't that, I mean, wasn't that good. There's Craig Morton in the hospital, you know, the well, week leading up to it. That whole season, the 1977 season, had a very 2015 kind of vibe to it. The Broncos defense had to win just about every game. Gave up over 20 points just one time. And they lost that game to the Cowboys earlier in the season. And they gave up under 10 points seven times and won every one of those games. When your offense only needs to score 11 to win games, you're going to you're gonna go 12-2, and two, right? That defense is the only reason they were there. It, it was incredible. The fact that none of those players are in the Hall of Fame is a, is a goddamn travesty. That is true. I mean, like Jess said, they had major players at every position. The linebackers, the safeties, the linemen, not a single one is in the Hall of Fame. But how many of those defensive players had a number one song in the city of Denver <laughs> in 1977? <laughs> Play it again, no. Lori. Play it again. I don't have it keyed up. Oh, John Keyes. Oh, no, yes. but it's true. If you look it up, you look it up in the books and it's like, he had a great song. And you just heard it here, folks. That song sucks. That song's terrible. Tim, you mentioned, you know, how good this defense was all year and holding teams to 20 points. There's a great story in 100 Things Broncos fans should know before they die, where Tom Jackson talks about the moment he knew how good the Orange Crush defense was in 1977. And it was against the Chiefs, which I think all current Bronco fans would appreciate the most. It was 14-7 going into the end of the game. And the Chiefs got the ball. They drive all the way down, and they're on the goal line at the end of the game. Broncos are up by one touchdown, but the Chiefs are about to score. And the defense holds them on four downs, all with, you know, like amazing plays, sacks and batted down passes. Being able to make that goal line stand at the end of the game in those kind of conditions, Tom Jackson's like, I knew then that this defense was really special. And it, you know, it turns out that was kind of the way that they won that whole season, just like the 2015 Broncos. And I would say, argue, since we talked about this last time, it was the Kansas City game. In 2015, where you, even though it was only the second week of the season, where you realized, yeah, this team, they're going to do whatever it takes to win a game. Yep, the Bradley Roby scoop and score, and then even later in the season, week 12, tied with with the Patriots in overtime. Tom Brady gets the ball. He throws three straight times, and he's pressured and sacked, and then pressured again, and hey, you're punting, and the Broncos go on to win. So you know that defense was special. That 1977 defense was special. It's just too bad that. You know, they couldn't get the compliment on offense that Peyton Manning provided in the Super Bowl that, that year. Also makes makes it hard because it was also the first indoor Super Bowl. And so uh, if you look at the game film from that Super Bowl, it's very dark, very hard to watch. Like it has like this unique look that no other Super Bowl has. And so it's hard to it's hard to watch like especially nowadays when you know you're used to like things that are well lit and you know there's it, i don't i don't know it's it, it's it's a tough one to watch especially if you're a bronco fan because you know the outcome 
but um it's it's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird super bowl Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I didn't, I didn't realize that was the first indoor Super Bowl. I mean, I've never known that actual fact, so... It's the first indoor Super Bowl, not first indoor NFL championship. The first NFL indoor championship, 1932, Chicago Bears. uh, And that's why we have hash marks on the sidelines, because it was such a narrow field that they had to move the ball in from the sides so that uh, uh, they could could spot it so that you you had enough uh, room for the team to line up. So that's why you have hash marks on the field, because of the 1932 NFL championship. There you go. That's your that factoid is, of the day. Yeah, that's a good factoid, just please. Yeah, it was played indoor because uh, I, there was a, a blizzard. I, I can't remember who they played against. I'm going to say Detroit. Chicago you know, Bears. Funny. Nine nothing over the Portsmouth Spartans. God damn. You were close. All right. I was close. <laughs> I was close. Portsmouth Spartans became the Detroit Lions. Is that right? That's is right. That correct. Nice. That's right. Well, little known fact about the 77 Broncos. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that Steve Spurrier was in training camp for the Denver Broncos and didn't make the cut. Uh, they went with Craig Morton and uh, Craig Penrose uh, as their quarterbacks. And uh, and poor Steve Spurrier uh, went and often toiled in obscurity and never having any sort of football success uh, whatsoever. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Oh, he was a coach? <laughs> Kind of exciting, right? Like, so a football royalty, college football royalty, Steve Spurrier, uh, almost was a Denver Broncos quarterback. He was in training camp, but he, like uh, like one uh, Jerry Rice uh, and uh, one Mark Sanchez, uh, never made it out of training camp. I got one for you. How many first-round picks were on that defense for the Broncos, 1977? One. Just the one, Randy Gratishar. Oh, no, two. I forgot about Lewis Wright. Fun fact, uh, Louis Wright's daughter, Summer, went to my elementary school. And so uh, we all got posters. Uh, at oh, Hol- nice. Holton Elementary School in, in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, I remember, like, he would come in and be like, hey, my daughter, Summer. And I'd be like, you're Louis Wright. Oh, my God. You're, you're, you're a football player. I mean, going back to the Orange Crush defense, I mean, after Ralston left, you know, the Broncos just couldn't get over the hump, get into the playoffs. They they needed a change. Red Miller came in. Just seemed like that that's what spurred the team to to a championship, which oddly coincides with the 2015 Broncos, who brought in Gary Kubiak and Wade Phillips, and and they suddenly, you know, got launched to their championship title. So 
It's an interesting time. Um, I think the the biggest thing I would like to see out of the 77 defense is just some recognition in the Hall of Fame. Because it's just, it's asinine to see a defense that was this historically good not have any representatives in the Hall of Fame. I mean, not even their defensive coordinator. The great Joe Collier. Yeah. The inventor of the 3-4. Uh, Talk about being unable to tell the story of the NFL without mentioning the 3-4 defense. How do you not have the architect of one of the major defensive schemes now not be represented in the Hall of Fame? It's, that is unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it makes no sense to me. Every team has good players, and probably every team has a special player that would deserve at least to be a contender for the Hall of Fame. But I don't know. When you have a, an entire unit that that dominates the way the Orange Crush did, and you have no one in the well, Hall of Fame. You, you look at comparable defenses. You look at, like, the Purple yeah. Leaders. Like, I mean, granted, they did, the they did go to curtain. a few more. They did win a few more NFC championships. No the, Super Bowl wins. Conference. No Super Bowl wins. Um, you know, but they had better quarterbacks. They had Fran Tarkenton. They, they had uh, Joe Carr. They had... They had uh, the pieces there that could push those purple e- people eaters into the Hall of Fame, and whereas the Orange Crush, it was just it was just them. That was all that that was all they had. It's actually Joe Cap. Uh, it, uh, let us not forget the the uh, Canadian Football uh, Hall of Fame uh, uh, induction ceremony where he gets into like a, an old man fight and like wrestles with some other old gentleman uh, off the stage. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up Joe Cap. Uh, fight <laughs> Hall of Fame on Google. It's not to be missed. Talking about what is the relevance of that to the Broncos? N- nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's very tangential. It's it, it's 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 why I mind this podcast because I am I am just a garbage can of terrible information. Uh, but we were comparing them to the Purple People leaders, the the Orange Crush defense, oh, and okay. and I said they had Joe Cap. And Joe Cap is famous uh, for leading the Vikings to a Super Bowl and getting into a fight in the early 2000s while he was getting inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame because yeah, he also played right Canadian now. football. Yeah, he is swinging a cane around. You think old man fight? This is what you should think of. Just like slapping each other. <laughs> oh, uh, Orange Crush defense. We like him. Thumbs up, everybody. Thumbs up. Yeah, we love him. Yeah, we hate the Hall of Fame. Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame could do better. Hall of Fame could do better. But it's hey, getting there. It's be, getting before there. we it before we end, we're gonna end, uh, on like the negative of like how the Orange Crush defense has been uh, denied uh, their due in the Hall of Fame. Let's talk really quickly about Mike Shanahan getting elected to the Denver Broncos Ring of Fame. About I love time. it. I don't think the Broncos should just do one person when they have. Multiple people who deserve to be in, like who deserve to not wait for a long time. I I am split on that because sometimes I don't like the way I don't like when they group them together in one class. I like having just it all about the one guy one one year. You know, I get but it. But they the don't 80s do that every 90s. time. So I what? I, what's the What's the well, rationale? They did, like, they did like Rick Upchurch and Gene Mingo and and Dan Reeves uh, all together. And, I know, which was and, fine. You know, and and, cool. and John Lynch wore like a puffy vest, like uh, like uh, Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. He didn't really like take it seriously, and that kind of I it stuck with me. I liked John Lynch when he was here. He was, uh, you know, he's a fun player. I just 
I would almost even go so far as to say that Neil Smith deserves it more. DeMarcus than John Ware for sure. DeMarcus Ware, exactly. I mean, Peyton Manning for sure too, because he was only here for four years. He set records with us. If they don't give it to Peyton Manning, oh, yeah. then no, it's it's already done. Like the fact that like it's almost like they should waive it for him, like they did with Elway. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Elway's Elway. You set all the records with us. Elway was here for 16 years. Peyton was only because Peyton couldn't be here for more. <laughs> you know, imagine like... how many Super Bowls he would have won. In retrospect, I bet he wishes he were here for more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. not the last four years, but yeah. I mean, TD would have got injured. Oh, okay, Wilson so... would have had a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> All right. So this year, you're you're right. It's like, oh, it's only one person. It's Mike Shanahan. It's 2020. But they've already said he's not going to go like get inducted until 2021. So yeah, they want the fans. So there's going to be the 2020 inductee and then the 2021 inductee, and so they're going to go in together, even though they're going to be separate, and they're probably going to do it during separate games, which is great. Because- but I still like if you have a deserving player who's kind of been waiting. It's been a long time. I I think you put him in. We've gone way off track. We just like yeah. to in the show. I mean, we're kind of done with the show, right? <laughs> I've got a, a mystery question. Let me let me. Most of the players settled in for the evening, but rookie running back Rob Lytle gathered up a dozen teammates and rode off for a restaurant. There was good reason for Lytle's popularity in the caravan. The food was free. The year before, when Lido was at the University of Michigan, he had finished third in the Heisman Trophy voting, but ended up with what he considered a higher honor. Lido won the Weissman Trophy. Uh, Across the hall, several players had convened to watch Hollywood High, a tame porno movie on the pay TV set. One of those girls looks looks like she plays for Houston, said Billy Thompson. As usual, the Broncos were loose. They were watching it. So, like, there you go. In the 70s, you know, you just casually mentioned they're watching porn together. Like, I guess, you know. What's the question? Hey, is there a mystery uh, question or no? No, no. It was it was what porno movie were they watching? Oh, we would <laughs> never get that. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to Something Something Broncos. I am Jess Place uh, with Lori Lattimore Volkman and Tim Lynch. You can read all of our stuff on milehighreport.com and you can uh, listen to all of our podcasts on the Mile High Report Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts because that's what people say now. They no longer say like Spotify or here or there or iHeart or whatever because we're everywhere. So you can get us wherever you get your podcasts. And from now on, that's what I'm going to say because that's easier to say. So uh, be sure to follow us all on Twitter. Uh, Tim is at Tim Lynch 1978. I'm at Jezru, J E Z R U. And uh, Lori is at Doc L L V. Until next time, go Broncos. <laughs> Lord, though we have lost Neil Smith to free agency and Steve Atwater to the Jets, still, we hope our beloved Broncos can bring home another Super Bowl championship and once again bathe in the glory of your light. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. Broncos. Broncos. Let's go, Broncos. Broncos. Let's go. Are you ready? Should we start? Ready. I don't know. I don't understand how it was wet over here. <laughs> My kids fuck around down here and they spill shit and they don't tell me. David Sedaris Appreciation Podcast with Lori Lattimore Volkman, Just Place, and 
Some guy. Some guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. So should we start? Should we start? Let's go. Let's start. Okay. <clears throat> no. What was it? What was Rodney Dangerfield's name in uh, Back to School? Hold on. <laughs> His name was. No. What's great is that uh, you're going to edit this out, and I'm going to sound like a goddamn genius. <laughs> I might leave it in now. Uh, the infamous dive that <laughs> <laughs> saves the day. True. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't remember that movie. I mean, I've seen it, but I just cannot remember any scenes from it <laughs> except for that that oh, dive sequence. Tim, you got to watch it. It's 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 a classic. It's a classic. He gets the girl in the end, who is also his teacher, which is not at all weird. Uh, and his his name. Uh, oh. It just lost it. But the Gamecocks quarterback, Glory, what's his name? Oh, Steve Spurrier? Steve Spurrier. So let me just back up so I don't sound like a complete blithering idiot. <laughs> Tim, he just keeps thinking about what he might have said last night. He's trying to remember that. No, oh, no, like you did it. You were the off. first one to bring it up. So we did this show last night, and it was amazing. It was. It had a lot fewer back-to-school references in it. Uh, however, uh, one of us, I'm not going to point any fingers, Lori forgot to record it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that it was someone who was not me forgot to record it. And so. Um, and somebody who was not Lori. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it was great. It was a good it show. Was, it was a good it show. It really was good. And and what was really funny about it was that um, our other show uh, with Joe and uh, Jeff Esri, uh, they showed up to do their show and we were already broadcasting, sort of, not really. We were just kind of hanging out. Uh, and uh, and so then we were all just kind of kicking it. And we didn't record that either. So you're just going to have to take our word for it. <laughs> that we were awesome. I took a picture, a screenshot of us. You've been listening to Something Something Bronco. A feature of MileHighReport.com with Lori Lattimore-Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com.